0: Welcome to the podcast of Fairmount Presbyterian Church in Cleveland Heights, Ohio, where we feature our worship sermons. Listen again to past sermons from home, when you are traveling, or wherever you are. Listen in if you need a moment of reflection, inspiration, and love. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God all my life long. Do not put your trust in princes, in mortals, in whom there is no help. When their breath departs, they return to the earth. On that very day, their plans perish. Happy are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is the Lord their God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free, the Lord opens the eyes of the blind, The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the immigrants. The Lord upholds the orphan and the widow, but the way of the wicked the Lord brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So the basic rules of hiking and camping in bear country are pretty well known and make a lot of common sense. Things like lock your food in the car or in a bear box. Don't bring salmon for lunch. Don't go near a mama bear, and if you encounter any bear, don't run away. But the deeper one gets into wilderness, the more specific and essential the instructions become. Because especially for Midwesterners more used to suburban deer and groundhogs, we need specific. One ranger in Alaska explained it this way if it's a black bear stand your ground raise your arms and be loud don't climb a tree if it starts to attack you fight back in contrast if it's a brown bear stand your ground raise your arms be loud don't climb a tree slowly unlock, and get your bear spray ready, while backing up, staying calm, and maintaining eye contact with the bear. If the bear begins to charge at you, he said, lie down and play dead. Unless it begins to eat you, in which case you can fight back with all you've got. He added the helpful detail then that brown bears aren't always brown and black bears aren't always black. My adult, young adult sons and my husband listened to these instructions with straight faces and rapt attention. Perhaps envisioning they would have a chance. For this kind of encounter and imagining themselves responding with these specific mental evaluations of the situation and the resulting appropriate action. But as for me, I felt a little lost and I actually had to stifle down inappropriate laughter. I, I sort of thought it was a joke at first. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have the presence of mind to do any of those things if a bear approaches me. So I decided to focus on prevention. Prevention, in this case, is all about not surprising these majestic residents of woods and streams and rivers. I had read that carrying bear bells is not so effective because some bears have learned to associate the sound with backpacks full of food like a like a dinner bell or something. So I took a simpler approach. Whether the hike was 2 hours or 8 hours, I talked almost constantly and I sang. That's supposed to keep them aware of your presence and and not let you surprise them. And You know, to this day, I'm not sure my family fully appreciated my efforts. Seminary prepared me particularly well for this endeavor, not just in the way you might think, ministers being known for wordiness and all, but in a solid theological conviction born out over a lifetime, and it is this, singing can chase away all kinds of demons and moods and trivial concerns, and, it turns out, bears. When we talk about singing in the church, the first place we look at is the book of Psalms. All 150 of them, all meant to be sung for a long time in the Protestant church. Once people began singing, they could only sing the psalms. That's all they were allowed to sing. And they knew them. The book of Psalms is the songbook of ancient Israel and the adoptive prayer text of Christians who seek to live and move and have their being caught up in God's song. No, I'm not sure if he ever encountered bears, the 14th century English mystic Richard Rollay, who studied and translated the Psalms throughout his life, described the Psalter in this way. He said, Psalm singing chases fiends, excites angels to our help, removes sin, pleases God, it shapes perfection, removes and destroys annoyance and anguish of soul. As a lamp lighting our life, healing of a sick heart, honey to a bitter soul, this book is called A Garden Enclosed, Well-Sealed, of Paradise Full of Apples. That seems like a big claim. That's a whole lot for a psalm to do, yet the longer I follow Jesus, the more I get convinced that I become that the frequency of prayer and praise, whether it's through the psalms or some other way, the frequency of that worship and prayer and praise in our own lives, and maybe especially through music, is directly related to our spiritual health and our ability to make a lasting difference in the world. I like the sign at a church near our home that flashes cheerily, although there's little too much of a pause in it if you're driving to catch it all. The one corner says, start the day with gratitude and end the day with praise. How transformed our lives would be if we adopted that simple mantra. How transformed the world would be if our prayer and our praise of God became so ingrained, so natural, so intuitive that it actually began to shape our moral character, our worldview, our acts of generosity and justice and compassion. You know as well as I do that it's easy to get out of the habit. Caught up in personal and universal concerns, worry easily replaces faith, and complaining subverts prayer. Just a few days ago, near the end of a particularly long day, I was lamenting how I never seem to get everything done I want to do. I know I'm not the only one. It sometimes feels like there aren't enough hours in the day, nor energy in the tank. And expressing that sentiment to some friends would predictably result in hearing them complain about their own day and their own frustrations. But this, this time, on this day, after texting this particular friend, I got a unique message back in return. Not a text, not words, but a song. And an old gospel tune that spoke to my heart. And this is one of those moments I wish I could just break out in song like some pastors are able to do, but I won't. So you're going to have to imagine. Just before I close my eyes to sleep, I thank the Lord for being good, kind, and sweet. I may not have done all that I wanted to do, but Lord, it's been a mighty good day. In the evening just before the sun's going down, I thank the Lord because he's always around. I may not have done everything that I wanted to do, but Lord, it's been a mighty good day. That small, tiny intervention in my life was enough to set me right and open my heart. I did what I could. I slept well with that song in my head, and I awoke to an even more challenging day, knowing that I need more praise and more intentional gratitude in my life. Because listening to or singing praise is not just a pleasant thing to do. It also can be an act of defiance in a bitter, cynical, and anxious world Praise can be the antidote to despair, and praise brings us close to the heart of God and has the potential to transform us. If you know anything about the Psalms, you you know there's all kinds of Psalms in there, that there are ones where you hear grief or desire for revenge even, where you're recounted history or you learn about wisdom or instruction, where you see anger, or excessive gratitude. But the last five, those ones, 146 through 150, they're they're very special. They make up this, this sort of collection known as the final hallel. Like a crescendo of praise, each one opens and closes with the words hallelujah. Praise the Lord and together they expand the praise of God from the individual psalm singer to the people of Israel to all creation in Psalm 146 I will praise the Lord as long as I live literally as long as I have breath in Psalm 148 God has raised up a horn for his people praise for the faithful the people of Israel who are close to him praise God, sun moon and all you shining stars in Psalm 148 and in Psalm 150, let everything, everything that has breath praise the Lord. Infants and children, lions and bears and whales and stars and moon and sun, some of those things don't have breath, but they're all creation. All creation, praise the Lord last week, Pastor Lindsay told me about an underwater hydrophone. I'm guessing she's told some of you about this. It's located at the Marine Research Institute in Monterey, California. And it listens underwater. And Pastor Lindsay, being who she is, checks in frequently with the underwater hydrophone to hear if she can hear anything, particularly whale songs. And she let me know At that moment was the first time she was hearing live whale songs that she had ever actually heard them. I tuned in right away, which is about 5 a.m. California time, to find it was true. You could hear the whales singing. It was calming and peaceful and holy, and I listened to them the whole way to church in preparation for memorial service where our human voices rang out Praise God, from whom all blessings flow. Praise God, all creatures here below. Praise God, all ye heavenly hosts. Our voices joining in with the wail's praise. Let everything that has breath, let everything has breath, praise the Lord. Walter Brighamon, who's an Old Testament scholar, wrote this book called Doxology Against Idolatry and Ideology. And he said, praise is the duty and the delight, the ultimate vocation of the human community, indeed of all creation, that we have a resilient hunger to move beyond self, to return our energy and worth to the one from whom it has been granted. In return to that one, we find our deepest joy. And commenting on Psalm 146, in particular our text for today, he notices how often the Lord's name is there. It's quite unusual for a psalm, it turns out. He says we name the staggering name of the Lord and the world becomes open again especially for those on whom it had closed in such deathly ways. The prisoners, the blind, the immigrant, the widow, the orphan. The world, he says, is sung open. And I love that image, that the world is sung open through the praise of God
1: when we sing
0: and speak our praises, that we are formed, that we are reformed by God's work through God's Holy Spirit in us. And from that place of ultimate trust in God and God's Son, Jesus Christ, we make the radical commitment to live out our lives in gratitude, joining in God's work in the world. Despite the vast differences in cultures and political empires, between the Old Testament and the New Testament, not to mention a couple thousand years, despite all that difference, if you look at the list of what matters to God and should matter to us, it is remarkably the same. In Psalm 146, in the Torah, in other Psalms, in the Old Testament prophets, in Mary's Magnificat, in the Sermon on the Mount, in the letters of Paul, in the stories in the Acts of the Apostles, In the parables and the healing stories of Jesus, the Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the immigrants and upholds the orphan and the widow. These are the things we are to be about as well. And that our praise of the Lord shapes in us that we can help shape the world. Today, in the Presbyterian Church, we start what's called the Season of Peace, one month leading up to World Communion Sunday. And within this congregation are multiple ministries directed toward peacemaking, centered on environmental concerns and also on refugee resettlement on anti-poverty and anti-racism efforts and a number of other things. We commit to these ministries of peacemaking because of our relationship to the one who is above every other name, every earthly authority, every human demonstration of power and privilege. Our praises join with the cries of the oppressed, with the songs of stars and whales and the saints who have gone before us We start the day with gratitude. We end the day with praise every day for as long as we have breath. May we never doubt the song God gives us to sing, but rather ask ourselves in the words of the beautiful old hymn, how can I keep from singing? Because when we've been there, when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. So we might as well start now. Alleluia. Amen. We thank you for listening to a worship episode from Fairmount Presbyterian Church. Revisit this podcast site weekly for new worship episodes. Have a beautiful and blessed day.